0: so this podcast is recorded in a house with animals one of which is all up in my business and has gotten my mic out of whack so we'll deal with it uh because if i adjust it now it'll make a horrible noise i'm talking about you sergey yes i am (laughs) there are also two dogs wandering in and out and that's just how it is indeed i will also mention at this juncture that we swear a lot and that this podcast while marked explicit is really pg-13 and it is marked explicit because iTunes and uh, Google Podcasts and all that stuff only understand two settings, clean and explicit. And it's not clean, but it's not that explicit, so. Indeed. parental guidance suggested just mostly for swearing. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 72. Woo! Woo. Wait, is it 72, not
1: 73?
0: Shit, it's 73. Oh, there's the swearing. All right, so episode 73...
1: I thought it I mean, was seventy three last. Seventy two. It says seventy
0: three uh, on the file uh, that's yeah. recording. Yeah. Okay. So welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode seventy three. As
1: you can see, we're we're batting a thousand tonight.
0: It's um well, I mean, my day started at four.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I had to take the teenager to the departure point for his junior year trip, and so that meant getting up at airplane hours. And getting him to the school where we would meet the charter bus and all that stuff by, like, five.
1: Hound, you don't need to be in my lap right now.
0: Sure she does. Sergey, you don't need to be on my keyboard right now. Um, and then anyway, I had dental work. And then you had dental work. And so we're, we're all kind of off today. Yes. Because I had, like, two, three hours of sleep followed by three hours of awake followed by another three hours of sleep. And it's just set me off kilter all day. But hey, we got stuff done for you.
1: Yes, I went out to Southern Season and prepped my annual gift basket thing. Uh, this is professionally... If and this, I always feel weird talking about this because I'm like, you don't have to do this. This is not a requirement. Doing this will not get you ahead with publishers if your book is tanking. The fact you sent them a nice you know, a bunch of chocolate right, at right. Christmas is not going to help you, but...
0: It's it certainly, it's a nice thing to do. They do all of this work for you yeah, on your behalf, maybe not directly for you, as it were.
1: Well, I mean, they make money. It's its a good mm-hmm. business, but, like, uh, I mean, they do a good job. They, they try hard, and they put up with some of my vagaries, so I prep you know a gift basket and send one to my editor and my art director and they you know the publisher sends me like usually a couple of books yeah and it's you know and i send stuff out to self wolf and then my copy editors who are doing a great service for me oh lord yes i uh i like to send them something and um i believe the dog farted while they were in here and i can't think of anything except the fact i'm about to die
0: well then, it's going to get excited over exciting over here shortly.
1: Yes. Uh, so anyway, I mm-hmm. I go to a Southern season, which is local, and and pick up you know various Southern delicacies, and it's it's all you know like cheese straws and and our weird local toffee and whatnot, and make little gift bags and yeah,
0: and and send them out. And... Yeah, and
1: the list gets longer and longer and longer <laughs> <laughs> and, as I develop more like you know professional acquaintances, and the thing is that one of the things is i just include a whole uh like you know 15 or 20 uh of the toffee things for uh, my publisher for my editor rather to hand out to like the foreign rights people and whatnot, and mm-hmm. everybody who works on the book. Cause I don't know them all individually. I, they, you know, probably I take up no more than a couple of hours of their year, but they've done good work for me. They've, you know, gotten sold foreign rights. And they and at I, least
0: remember the toffee.
1: And, and it actually, they do remember it. I, I got, uh, when I went up to, uh, you know, this was years ago.
2: went
1: to, to visit New York the, yeah. to the Dial offices. People are like, "Oh, yeah, you sent us the chocolate-covered espresso beans. Thank you." And I've heard from people who work in the offices that yeah, it's it's nice to you're sitting there, you know, working your job, and it's nice to have somebody come by and and give you chocolate and say, "This is from an author who is grateful."
0: Yeah, and I think that's maybe where publishing is very different from the corporate world i'm used to
1: oh yeah nobody would do that in
0: yours well here's the interesting thing there i did work for a company once who gave us instead of a bonus gave us these very elaborate gift baskets at christmas time
1: and you would have all preferred bonuses
0: oh yeah we would have all preferred cash the side effect is that is the that one came with toffee which is what eventually you know, like, destroyed a tooth, which led to our current dentist. So it was a little awkward. But if you're in a corporate environment and your customers send you something, be aware of the rules. Or not your... Yeah, if your customers send you something, be aware of the rules around um, like... Uh, favoritism and, and all of that sort of thing. If you're an author sending things to your editors, then it's, you know, it's a little different. That's It's more of a, a grateful thing. Being in a corporate environment, it gets very touchy um, around the rules, regulations, and all of the ethics that go with it. Now, we know that you are, like, one amongst hundreds, if not thousands, at the dial office, so there's really not that much big deal of favoritism can do in like my last job where there were 800 of us or job before last really where there were there 800 of us if a specific customer had sent me a specific thing then and then it, it has to be reported to the company and it has to be you know because there are ethics concerns about whether the customer is trying to get better service or whatever it's it's a mess after a certain size
1: yeah, it, with publishing, it's—I mean, I send one to my agent too, and to the various small presses who I work with me. So it's—I think it's a holdover from a somewhat older style of uh, giving gifts at Christmas in corporate wise. Yeah,
0: well, it was recommended you do this by uh, Sabrina Jeffries. The romance yes, author,
1: who's, yes, who's an uh, author friend of mine who gives out baskets. She's like, yeah, you know, I send one to my agent, and my the various editors and the rights people and the publicist, and uh, and you know, I mean, it was years before I did it. Like I said, it this is not going to like you know make or break your career. I don't think anyone expects it. It's just they work hard, and uh, it you know it takes me an hour to pick up some neat weird. Local food stuff.
0: <laughs> we, yeah, it's 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 funny. We're, we're going through the place and she's going, okay, where's the toffees? Okay, how many people are on... Lo- okay, so I need 15 of these. And I need 15 of the peanuts and 15 of this and that. And, you know, the occasional, here's something for this specific person.
1: Yeah, like the soft Wolf guys, I know I want to get dog-themed stuff for. Or, or at or
0: least something th- for their dogs. Or
1: something for their dog, yeah. And uh, uh, for... Uh, my uh, buddy Andrea, I'm like, oh hey, they got sheep things. I I will throw sheep in because she's a shepherd. Right. So, you know that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, but uh, otherwise, you know, for the rights department, for the or the foreign rights department, for the art director, for all that stuff, it's very hard to customize because it it changes and it well, would no, take not far my too long. Di- uh,
1: not for my art director oh, okay. or my, my editor. I've had the same art director since Dragon Breath One, but uh,
0: but yeah, it it. it for the for the big corporate thing where if it's if it's the here's for the group just hand these out it's much easier to send out a pile of you know one thing yeah Yeah. Uh, now on the flip side in the corporate world oftentimes there is some sort of gift giving and some sort of bonus around the holiday season right I remember vividly one year at, at one of the first tech companies I worked at where we got these, it was the company Christmas party, and we got these the little tiny, you know, red and white stockings with candy canes in them, and I was like, oh, how nice. And what I didn't realize, because I was the only one who hadn't looked, is every single one of them had a $100 bill in it. Oh, nice. So, yeah, everybody got, I'm like, I don't know, you know, what am I going to do with this? And, like, everybody around me was like, if you don't want it, I'll take it. I'll take it. And I'm like, maybe I should look inside. Um,
1: <laughs> it's it's sort of like the um, uh, when we were at the one tech or not tech uh, the one the Hugo party. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Google left gift basket. Or I think it was Google. Yeah, it was
0: Google. Google uh, sponsored and basically paid for this year's uh, Hugo party. awards and party. Yeah, yeah.
1: they uh, they put out gift baskets for all of the nominees. And yeah. Uh, and it's the same sort of you know semi-generic kind of thing but this was all of course google themed so it was like here's your safety goggles and here's your google at home i mean they
0: really yeah it's right here on my (laughs) desk i I try it out every so often looking comparing it to the amazon echo show i have next to it um (laughs) and somewhere in here oh right they gave it android has these little figures sort of like the, the Android mascot dressed as things and they were giving out scientists and so I made sure that we got the Madame Curie yes. and not the was it I forget who the other one was the male one Probably right I, I actually had to trade around to get the <laughs> dark gray or black Google home the the hockey puck and the. Uh, you know, and and trade to get us a Madame Curie. So, instead of the white Google Home and the male one, because I wanted to have a Madame Curie instead of...
1: Now, I'm not, hey, you know, you know uh, no, no judgment there. Yeah. Anyway, so mm-hmm. this is all a very long thing of... And again, if you cannot afford to do this, no one expects it. This is mm-hmm. not a, a... Your publisher is not going, that bitch didn't send me a Christmas gift. It, really. It's... This is just, if you get to a sufficient level that, like, I mean, I've been working with these people for a decade and i mm-hmm. oh, yeah. i sort of enjoy doing it and it's all tax deductible
0: so. at some point uh, i will be your personal shopper for this
1: <laughs> yeah someday when i am fabulously, fabulously wealthy, wealthy and, and yeah employing you yes
0: yeah the the other thing that came up today that we're going to talk about to help us keep productive and general business advice is i was late with an invoice Yes. And it was only 20 days late. I'm used to the corporate world where it's net 30, but in smaller businesses, especially when you're working with freelancers, net 30 is make or break, right? Net 30 may be you don't eat this week. And you had very sharp words for me about we do not wait 20 days to pay a... An invoice, an invoice, a freelancer invoice. No, uh, right?
1: it's it's, and I mean there was a due date on it, which we were only technically seven days past. But I'm like, no, I I was appalled because right. this is this is not okay. Uh, and and I I do not mean to keep rubbing Kevin's nose in it. He was suitably you know chastened, but
0: yeah. Uh, but I think it's it's important to emphasize. I made that mistake. I'm owning up to it. Yeah. But that. When you're dealing with these things, you need to be paying attention, whether you're in a corporate environment where maybe it is a net 30, a net 60, net 90, depending on the, the payment. But it's not always. And I need to pay closer attention to things like the dates on invoices when, these, when working with freelancers.
1: Well, uh, and the, see, the thing mine is that if I get an invoice in I pay it when it comes right. in, like immediately, because... Otherwise, it falls into the hole, you know, so yeah. I did not realize the invoice had still been sitting there and had not been dealt with and was, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. Whereas I'm still getting used to the idea of because it's been so very long since I've had to do it, that there isn't a finance department that I just handed off to or CC on. It.
1: Well, yes, there is. It's me. <laughs> As soon as you get an invoice forward it to me and and Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: but that's the but that's the thing is there's some definite mindset changes when dealing with these two worlds and I am adapting while I'm continuing the job hunt which is interesting at this time of year?
1: It's terrible at this time of year. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, it's <laughs> I, I mean it's compounded by the I almost need to work remote from home ne- these days. To handle some scheduling things. I mean, it's certainly the preferred way. And that no one, oh my God, it is getting harder and harder to right. Like it's the time of year when people are letting people go and not so much hiring. So the jobs are few and far between. I have found some interesting things I'm going to investigate. One of which is, you know, like, oh, we want you on location. And I'm thinking to myself, let's talk, let me see if I can uh, talk to you about remote With that one because it's right up my skill set but if it's you know i'm not going to move to florida for something
1: oh god no
0: unless they're offering me a lot of money (laughs) so much money but you you would
1: have to offer so much money for me to move to florida
0: yeah but the the other side effect is i think part of what's uh, making it a little more difficult right now is that i'm looking at tech companies but i'm also looking at non-traditional tech companies. There are a lot of companies now who realize that their technology stack is as important as everything else. And just because they're a chain of car washes doesn't mean their technology doesn't need to be up to date. Chain of car washes, that I haven't seen any of that. But, you know, that sort of thing, just because you're a widget manufacturer doesn't mean you don't have to have a really good technology department to drive your website and your sales and your inventory and all that stuff. So it's it's an interesting time, especially in the industry, but it's also, you know, few and far between right now. All right. And that
1: so, should pick up again, hopefully in January, yeah, February. Yeah, January,
0: February. Once the years, all the holidays are over, once all the tax stuff is done, once this fiscal or once this calendar year is closed out, I know some companies won't close their fiscal year out until like April. But once all that happens, then things should start to pick up. Thinking of things picking up, I have this week the first part of the really fun conversation I had with Dino Sarma, and I'm hoping that everyone out there has as much fun listening to it as I had talking to Dino. Dino is surprisingly, for a person who, I'm going to warn you, he's a little scattered, he'll go on... Uh, he'll go on tangents in a heartbeat, which... The, <laughs> we don't know anyone no, like that. No, the two of us talking, it, it was... <laughs> There's a reason it was
1: a three-hour interview. Right,
0: I'm going to cut cut a, a whole bunch down to get it down to two, hopefully two episodes worth. But Dino has some really interesting logistics he's managing because he does international imports. And so while he has sort of that, that personality thing of the rapid fire and some quick context changes a lot of that bases around how he keeps his work organized versus himself organized and so we're going to go talk to Dino to find out more about that hi, folks. I am here with Dino Sarma today. Uh, Dino is a longtime listener of all our podcasts, uh, because I found some feedback about uh, KUEC, I believe, in yeah. an email folder. And, uh, and so I'm really excited to talk to Dino. We had to juggle a little bit to schedule and reschedule to be able to do this, but it's all working out now, and... Hopefully this is awesome. So, Dino, can you maybe introduce yourself a little
2: better and tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. Uh, in my defense, I have an easier schedule than you do. Just putting it out there. <laughs> well, no, I'm unemployed now, so my schedule just got wide flipping open. <laughs> That's what she said. Anyway, <laughs> um, I do shipping logistics for a rice importer um who brings rice from india to the united states and my job is to see to it that once the container leaves the factory that it arrives on time and that everybody gets invoiced and that everybody gets paid and everything in between and it's a whole uh, conflama as it were wow all right um
0: So that means I'm going to guess there are two sides to your organization, one dealing with all of that and one for yourself. How do you keep all that organized?
2: So I have a lot of friends and what ends up happening is that because I have so many friends and I am so, I I hesitate to use the word extroverted, but it's, I tend to make very intense close relationships with people um, over time. and Mm -hmm. You know, we help each other out. And and the funny thing is, is, like, a lot of people think that online relationships aren't, quote-unquote, real. They're like, oh, you just know them as online friends. But the friends that I've met online tend to be people whose weddings I've attended. I've, you know, sent oh, yeah, presents to yeah. their baby showers, like... <laughs> we come over to each other's birthday parties and we're not nearby. We're talking like I'm in New Jersey and I've got multiple friends in Canada and the Northeast in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've traveled and spent cash money to see each other. So I feel like, because I have so many of these really close, close friends, my personal life is also scheduled to a fare thee well, if you know what I mean.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Plus, I I gotta say, any excuse to get out of Jersey.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mean. Uh, No, um... Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, I mean, it depends on what part of Jersey, but still. <laughs> I'm in Jersey City, which is um, might as well be New York City. Oh,
0: yeah. No, I I've, I've I did work there. I was actually up there a little over a year ago for for my old job. My old, old job. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, no, no. I've, I've, I am familiar with Jersey City.
2: If ever it happens again, <laughs> let me know. I'll cook you a food. It'll be fine. Oh, right uh, on. It's yeah. so, <laughs> so, like... A bunch of my friends are from online sites that I joined um, for just frivolous reasons, like their forums, you know, their general forums, that kind of thing. Other friends are from cooking forums because I'm also really into cooking. Um, and th- these are really, really close friends. So that means that usually each weekend, if I'm not traveling, I, I've got something to do. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 So generally, if you need me to hang out with you, I need to know anywhere between three and six weeks in advance wow and and how are you how are you
0: tracking all of that? I mean, are, are you using calendars or yes, yeah, okay.
2: Uh, I live and die by um Google Calendar. Oh yeah, yeah. so. The second that someone says, let's hang out, I'm like, okay, let's compare calendars. And then that conversation turns into, okay, so I'm booked for the next four weeks. So I'm going to need you to give me something. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to
0: say, so we use Doodle. I use Doodle to do a lot of my scheduling. And it sounds like you were like the perfect use case for that.
2: My issue with Doodle is mm-hmm. that I don't want to give people too many options. Right. Right. Because here's the thing. Supposing I'm gonna, I'm just going to give you like a just a typical case, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a friend who wanted to hang out and you know have dinner, have wine, have food, as you do, like a like a right. good. Um, I'm booked through after Thanksgiving as of right now.
0: Whoa! Yeah. Okay.
2: So we're on the ninth of October today, mm-hmm. and. I'm booked through after Thanksgiving. Right? Right. And then just around Christmas time, I'm going to have stuff going on. It's a thing. Oh, a th- yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A th- right. So I also need personal time. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll just like, go nuts. Yeah. Yes, and my friend asked me like, and and she was horrified after you know asking the question. She texted me immediately after I responded. She was like, "I did not mean to you know diminish your mental health needs," so, but but I was. Right, she right. was like, "Wait, are you seriously?" Because she asked me this two weeks ago, and it was the same answer. Right, that's how booked my time is because like. If I'm not traveling, I'm Teaching a cooking class, if I'm not teaching a Cooking class, I'm hanging out with friends If I'm not hanging out with friends, I just Need time for myself And so like, she was like Dina, are you serious? Like You're really booked until after Thanksgiving And I was like, I also took a couple of weeks for myself I took a couple of weeks of just uh, Mental health In between all the crazy You know, shit that I've got going down And Like I said, she was horrified. (laughs) She was just like, no, 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 that's not how I meant it. I didn't mean to think, you know. Mm. But uh, at the end of the day, if I give other people too many options as to what they can choose, they'll choose something that I don't want to do, if you know what I mean. Right, right. Um, Like with your uh, doodle that you sent me, um, Mm -hmm. I was just like, I don't want to click on something and give him, you know, like, way too many this thing's at his head, because it's like, chances are, yes, you've got like a two-hour slot between these two things, but maybe you need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know
0: what I'm saying? I, no, 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 I, 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 I understand completely, and actually there's there's usually enough slack, at least for me, built in to be able to deal with that sort of thing. Right. Um. But the I- The other thing is that uh, uh, often for, like, uh, at my last job, I was like, yeah, no, I'm just going to block out what I consider downtime from, like, this hour to, like, seven in the morning, everything's off-limits, because that's me time.
2: Whereas for me, it's more so that I tend to be intensely protective of my personal time. Right. Um, Because as extroverted as I am, I'm also... I, I have these tendencies where, like, I just need to be by myself to... Just, just, not recharge is too strong a word because the thing is, is like when I'm by myself, I'm actually working. Like I'm cleaning, I'm doing laundry, I'm cooking, you know, meals for myself. I'm right, right. And and I'm doing it at my own pace. It's it's not like, uh, you know, me time is staring at the phone, scrolling through Facebook. It's it's just me time is. I need to make sure that I can function as a human being because i I know I've sent you an email before about my brain weasels, and yeah, yeah, w- when they hit, they hit. So yeah. when was... we're still good, we need to make sure that everything's fine,
0: right, right. And I, Ursula Ursula calls that that sort of stage. She's peopled out, yep, you know, she's been on for we've been we've been at an event, um you know, convention or something. She's been on for three days straight. She doesn't want to look at anybody that isn't me uh for right. the next like week and sometimes uh, and sometimes that looking at me is like we're just sort of together in the bedroom but we're paying attention to our own laptops and yes. we've got like music playing or uh, midsummer murders up
2: so well for me it's more so like supposing um i have a me time day scheduled for like a saturday or something right right, right? I have to, and and I'm, I'm rattling this off of memory, it's not exact, it's not precise, but That's fair, yeah, bear yeah. with me. Um, I have to make sure that the laundry is done, and the second that it comes out of the dryer, everything has to get hung up in the closet, all the socks have to be sorted and folded, and, you know, and yeah. everything has to be put away immediately after it comes out of the dryer, because I live in a studio, like, my apartment is something to the tune of, like, 220 square feet. It's a tiny, tiny apartment. Oh.
0: God, yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've, I almost got a studio when I was living in Queens and realized that my, at the time, my wife-to-be, my now my ex-wife, um, we would basically be stepping on each other.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I lived in that studio with my ex-husband. Yeah, so. To give you, so like, if anything's out of place, it looks like a crack den. Right. Right. And I so it has to be done. And then on, once that's done, then I have to make sure that the bathroom floor is scrubbed, and then the toilet is scrubbed, and that the kitchen and the shower is scrubbed. All the dishes are put away neatly. Everything is hung up back where it belongs. Because I'm very, I'm a very strong believer in like everything has to go back exactly where it started from. Because otherwise, I'll I will not be able to find it.
0: I uh, there's a, a cooking term for that. It's almost uh, uh, mise en place. Mise en place. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I was a chef for 7 years. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> I've done a lot of jobs. So like <laughs> it's when I so if if my friends were willing to come over and watch me clean and scrub and, you know, whatever, I would totally be down for it. It's it's not that I can't people. It's that there's shit that I need to do that's boring as fuck. Yes. And I'm not going to be host dino where it's like, are you comfortable? Let me get you a drink. Let me make you something to eat. No, 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 no. I'm in work mode. So it would be yep. it would be pretty much like if you come over to my office and I'm dealing with shipping and the rest of it and like it's not going to be fun for you and it's not going to be fun for me because I'm trying to get the shit done. Right. Right, right, right. So like my mental health days are more so like <laughs> I just need to catch up with all this garbage no and that's, that's right understandable now, yeah yeah when i have to leave on a trip i do not want to come back to a messy house i
0: we have animals and so there's there's only so much you can do about that but no i sure. understand completely you know it's,
2: i live by myself
0: right when i when i get home i don't want to uh, it's like i don't want to have to deal with there's dirty laundry waiting for me right. to hey, be crap. done i brought dirty laundry home with me
2: um Yeah, no, it's like I'll bring the dirty laundry home and that's fine. But like I need that dirty laundry hamper, which is basically the size of like one of those um, plastic totes that you get at the container store. Yeah, yeah. Not very big. So there's not much. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I I keep my trash can small, so I take it out every day. I keep my hamper (laughs) small, so I do laundry frequently. I like I force myself into these systems so that like I vacuum twice a day.
0: Okay, I don't think I could do that.
2: I, I I need things to be tidy all the time, right? Because it's such a small space that if it's not tidy, it's just like uh, like uh, I I'm li- I'm living in a crack den, and this is not pleasant. And I don't want to die in a ditch by the Walmart like Ursula. <laughs> by the very specific goals I have in mind for this, you know. Mm-hmm this th- these neuroses about like everything needs to be tidy because if it's not i yeah Jitchen walmart is my apartment yeah. at that point
0: and and the other side effect of that is this is something you can control if you've got other things that are out of your control yep. this is at least something you know you can
2: control yes exactly so so basically i live and die by calendar by google calendar specifically because so every time um one of my friends uh Puts in a request and it sounds so douchey, and I hate myself. <laughs> <it>. But like, <laughs> but like, when they put in a request for Hangout time, I'm like, okay, it's going in the calendar right now because if it doesn't, it's not happening. Right.
0: Sort of the if it's not written down, it doesn't exist.
2: Oh, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> so uh, uh, let's put a pin on the if it's not written down because that's that's a very specific thing that I got to right, tell right. you about. Um, so. If it's not, so there's, it happened one time where um, I booked a hangout with my, uh, one of my best friends. And it was like one day later, she texted me and she was like, Dino, um, I didn't get the invite. What's going on? (laughs) She's known me for such a long time and she's so used to like getting that invite and just knowing that that's a part of the process of hanging out that... When it didn't happen, she was just like, "Are we still on? Like, what's? <laughs> yeah. are, are we still friends? Right? Um, yeah. like, do you hate me or what, what's going? And so, but like, to, that's basically illustrating my point that like, if it has to go in the calendar, period. Right. Like, for that's and that's my personal. Yeah, my yeah. professional is I live and die by Excel.
0: Oh boy.
2: Well, because, yeah. <laughs> I have shipments, right mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the shipment process uh i as as a as
0: as an end point, I'm familiar. I don't know much about all the steps in between right okay. uh, other than what like Amazon shows me when I go update update you know or
2: or u p s or whoever right, but that's a domestic mm-hmm. shipment right right when you do import shipments, there are multiple people that you have to please, right yeah. As you do. Mm-hmm. This is normal. Um, uh, Kevin, can you hear me? Yeah, I
0: can hear you fine. I can hear you oh, fine. Okay, okay. Yeah.
2: It dropped out for a <laughs> second. Uh, so before the shipment leaves the factory, uh, before it gets onto the boat, so this is uh, import shipments, right? And right, right. If you reverse the system for export shipments, it's the same shit. Everybody yeah. has to go through this for oh, yeah, every yeah, trip. Yeah. So regardless of what country you're importing product from, um, you need to file what's called an importer security filing, the ISF form. Okay. Um, And that's basically telling customs in the country that you're importing to, this container is headed your way. Gotcha. And to break down the difference between um, a parcel and... A pallet and a container to give you a rough idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine that if you were ordering one bag of rice from Amazon, right? Right. That's considered a parcel. Okay. Uh, it's a one-off. It's a it, it's a single piece of uh, merchandise that you're getting shipped through whatever domestic shipper, right? Right. Then you have what's called uh, LTL, which is less than truckload, which is uh, freight, right? right? Right. 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 One pallet of that rice will have roughly 2,000 pounds of rice on that pallet. Right. Okay. So you or I would not order a pallet.
0: No. The grocery store might, but I'm not going to.
2: The grocery store might, and only from a distributor. So that's another layer. Mm -hmm. So, like, we are not, we don't handle individual grocery stores because we ship full container loads.
0: Right. So the container comes in, and basically, then you hand it off to distributors.
2: Correct. And who it's their problem supply from there to the grocery store. Right. 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 So I won't sell to Whole Foods. I won't sell to uh, you know Trader Joe's. I sell to the people who supply to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. Right.
0: Right. Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. So then, so the pallet is what the distributor provides to the shop. Gotcha. Fine. Then. What I deal in is containers, which is a 20-foot uh, container, um, which is 44,000 pounds of product.
0: Uh, so, yeah, the, the the ones we see being loaded by cranes on and off yep. of ships. Yeah,
2: that's the one. That's okay. the one. And so because I'm dealing in those amounts, I need to make sure that everything is perfect because the profit margins on rice are narrow. Very very, very, very narrow. We're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. a few pennies a pound will mean the difference between you get the contract and you don't. Uh, oh wow, that is narrow. Yeah. Yeah. So that means that any delay means that I'm going to lose my profit margin.
3: Hmm.
2: So, supposing um, the container arrives into the port and the ISF hasn't been filed on time, then it sits until they get the paperwork. Bingo. And there's a thing at every port called the last free day. Okay. Okay. Last free day is basically the port telling you, we're going to sit this at the port until you pick it up. um, But we're only going to do it for X amount of days. Okay. If you don't come get your shit before that happens, Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have to pay storage charges. Oh. Right. Right. So now, supposing that I have a warehouse um, at one of the ports uh, that's, that I contract out to, right? it's, it's called a third-party logistics, it's a 3PL, mm-hmm. um, I can pay them anywhere between like 10 and $20 per pallet per month, right? Right. So uh, let's say that we got a really good deal and we're storing 20 pallets with them for a month. Mm-hmm. That'll be about $2,000 for the month. Right. Um, when, you, when you hit that last free day and you surpass it, mm-hmm. uh, you get into what's called Port Demerage. Oh. Demerage starts at $145 a day. Oh, starts. The container. Yeah. Starts at. Uh, and then there's the other side of the story where that container comes from the shipping line. Mm-hmm. So the shipping line also charges their own fees for you to use that container. Right. Um, once you cross their last free day, they charge about 150 a day. So we're right up to $300 a day, basically. Yeah. Um, they give you slightly longer than the port does, but the point is, is that the ISF has to be filed before it shows up, mm-hmm. because it takes customs anywhere between three and six days to clear. Right. Right. So, like, supposing that something lands uh, at the port um, on the first of October, just for an example, right? Yeah, yeah. And then supposing that the last free day at the port is the fourth of October, that's, they give you three days, four yeah. days tops. That's that's kind right?
0: of awful close for customs.
2: That's gotten real close. Then the, uh, sh- the steamship line, the 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 shipping line. Uh, gives you the last free day for the container, not for the cargo. Just right. the container. Uh, they they give you ten days after it lands. Okay. So I have until the eleventh to return the empty. Right. Right. <clears throat> Which means Once you have, have un- to get it
0: all through customs and yep. out of that container and into the warehouse. Yep. Really, really short periods of Real time. Real quick.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, assume that this is Los Angeles, right? Oh, Lord, what a port. <laughs> so they have uh, port congestion. They have um, all kinds of bullshit going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's say, just just for funsies, I did not file the ISF, okay? Okay. Uh, the container lands, um, and it's offloaded from the vessel uh, on the first itself because some magic happened, and... You know, they got their shit together and managed to offload it the same day, which never happens. But, you know, oh, this yeah. has happened before, so I'm I'm trying to tell you. Um, <laughs> and I, this is not the story from my company. This is a story from the customs broker's other company that she dealt with. But that's another story. Anyway, yeah. anyway. so ISF was not filed, which means that now they're filing the ISF after the vessel has landed customs imposes a penalty for not filing the ISF on time. According to them, you have to file the ISF three days before the damn thing gets onto the boat.
0: Lands, right.
2: No, no, no. Before it gets on the boat. Oh. Before it gets on the boat.
0: So if it takes a month to ship from India to Los Angeles, it had to be a month and three days ago before it even lands. Yeah.
2: And now it's a day after the goddamn thing has landed right so now customs has put their uh you know penalty on you because they're like we should have had a lot of time to deal with this but now you're you know lighting a fire under our ass to deal with this right now so guess what you're gonna pay for fine then uh customs decides you're an asshole and i hate you so i'm just gonna take my time oh goody not not in their exact words i'm paraphrasing
0: yeah But, I mean, that's the sort of thing that they can do. They could just be like, well, you came in late, so you're now
2: last. Exactly. And and that's what they do, is that Mm -hmm. they'll put you dead last. So, now, assuming that this is uh, an express release, you'll be fine, right? Mm -hmm. So, here's another wrinkle in this whole fuck-up. Most companies from overseas will require a deposit before the vessel is even planned. And then they require... The balance of the payment when it lands so that they can release to you what's called the original bill of lading. Right. The original bill of lading needs to be overnighted to the customs officer so that they can release it. Sorry, not the customs (laughs) officer, the freight forwarder. The freight forwarder. Yeah, okay. The freight forwarder. So, like, the freight forwarder gets the OBL uh, in their hands, and then they put through the request to release the cargo to the steamship line. This right? is this is way way. I mean, I knew it was
0: a complicated system, but this is this is an this is this is like a giant machine with so many yep. moving parts, and you've got to keep track of all of that.
2: All of it. And the thing is, is that if any one of these situations fucks up from point A to point Z, it's you're you're stuck paying. Thousands upon thousands of... Okay, so, like, supposing that this is a best-case scenario, right? Right, right. You got the original bill of lading in your hands well ahead of time, and uh, you forgot to send it because you're an asshole who didn't file the goddamn ISF like you should have. Okay, right. So you overnight the original bill of lading to California from New York because... Because. Because. Um, and then the freight forwarder is like, okay, I'm going to request the steamship line release the cargo. All this time, we still haven't examined the cus- uh, the container. So you don't know if it's any good, even. Yep. So, okay, now the ISF is accepted, right? Let's say it's right. three days later, right? You just got in, in the nick of time from the uh, port demurrage. You're not paying that because they just managed to make it happen, right? Right. Okay. So now it's been uh, transferred to the exam warehouse.
0: What and has it? Uh, Yeah, well, there's probably paperwork involved tracking it there, too.
2: So here's the thing. Um, Certain products, like rice coming from India, need to move to an exam warehouse because customs doesn't have the manpower to examine at the port. Holy
3: crap. So now,
2: imagine that you didn't file the ISF on time. That means that your customs broker doesn't have time to schedule the pickup from the port. So now, last minute, you're asking the exam warehouse to come pick up your shit. Oh, boy. <clears throat> in Los Angeles, specifically, you're allowed to have a customs-bonded trucker drive it over to the warehouse, and that's okay. Right. But in places like Norfolk, um, and I specifically call it Norfolk. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. It up every time, um, yeah. <laughs> you can only use the exam warehouse's own truckers. You cannot have a bonded trucker do it for you. So if they're short staffed, you're fucked. Yeah. Wow. Speaking from experience. Yeah. Any- no. So so all of
0: this and you're tracking all of this in Excel. Mhm. Wow. Okay. This this has to be an incredibly complicated spreadsheet.
2: It's not. It's not. No. <clears throat> oh. Because I have my container number, which is what I use to track uh, from the steamship line, mm-hmm. I have the invoice number, which is a three-digit number that I use to track. You know, versus the invoice, right. um, I know what the freight forwarding company is. is It's a separate column um, because it says it on the ISF. I know right. what the steamship line is because I've worked this long enough that I've pretty much memorized the um, codes. Right, right. So I pretty much know what's happening. So if I just put in the container number, but I still have a separate column for the steamship line just so that I can, you know. In case somebody asks
0: run. and they don't exactly. trust you just rolling it off the top of your head.
2: Exactly. Right. And and sometimes I forget, you know, like I'm old and I forget. These
0: things
3: happen.
2: <laughs> so Absolutely, like, Yeah. I have a column for how much that invoice is going to cost me, and I have a column for the ETA, and then I have a column for the arrival notice because there's the other part of that whole fuck-up, is that the arrival notice um, tells the customs broker that they need to pay the document transfer fees so that once that stupid thing lands, there's going to be no hiccups. Right. And the arrival notice basically tells you, okay, whatever you said on the ISF, means nothing if it doesn't match up what says on the arrival notice. The arrival notice gives you exactly where it's going to show up at the port. Whoa. It's a lot of information, mm-hmm. but none of it's hard.
0: Right, it's just that there's there's so much you have to keep it in one place in a, an orderly fashion, otherwise yep. you, you know, trying to keep it like, this is the stack of paper for shipment A, this is the stack of paper yep. for shipment B, Like in my case, a cat comes by and knocks it off my desk I'm fucked
2: Well, that's why I keep all my files electronically Because if I didn't um, You know, what happens if The paper gets Fucked up? What happens if you know, something stupid happens. So I make sure that every file is named with uh, both the container number and the invoice number mm-hmm. and also the um, FDA number because they use a separate number to right. track if it's FDA clear. Because you're importing a food item. Yep. And yep. I, I, I'm trying to tell you all this because I want you to realize how safe our food supply really is when we <laughs> import. Like, if you imagine how many checks it has to go through just to come to the port and then to have clearance to come into the U.S. Oh, there's yeah. so many steps, and none of them are a joke. Like, they take shit real serious. And if there's so much as... Um, I had a container rejected because of... Um, the The pallets were not heat-treated. Oh. And then I found out why that's important. Because if you don't heat treat the pallets, there are pests that are not native to the U.S. that can come in and proliferate and they want to make mm-hmm. sure that this is not a thing. So you're talking about like a twenty, thirty dollars 30000 container that's getting turned right back the fuck around. That's going to cost you an additional like ten, fifteen thousand dollars 15000 because the pallets weren't heat treated.
0: Uh, and then on top of uh, everything else, because now you can't deliver your shipment, which means... Yep. If someone... The customer's had, Yeah, the customer's unhappy, and if they had prepaid anything or, or put down a deposit, they want mm-hmm. that back, and mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And chances are that money's spent. So, like... hmm Yeah. Wow. It, 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 none of it's hard, though, Kevin. Oh, no. The thing is, is, like, it's just little bits of information, and 99% of my work... Is dealing with people who are traceable and who tell the truth and who do what they need to do, right? Right. One percent of my job is dealing with the shipper.
0: And and I, I wanna I wanna say that you you're making a very, very distinction there, saying people who are dealing in good faith and telling the truth,
2: yeah, and then the shipper. Yeah. <laughs> and the shipper lies. They lie so much and so frequently that I'm just at this point it's just like if I can't verify for myself exactly what it is that you're telling me that you did or did not do right? Uh, I'm going to keep hammering you until you give me the reality oh the uh, container left the factory yesterday do, 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 go on the website let's see what happened uh, no it didn't Nope. no it, it didn't it's still sitting there Right. Uh, The ETA of this is uh, three weeks from now. Boop, 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 boop. Okay, so the steamship line says that the ETA is this, but then I go look up the schedule for that particular boat. Right. And that boat is saying that it's going to arrive two weeks after that. And I'm like, okay, steamship line, you can back up their lies, but your own website is saying that the schedule is different. Right. Right. I have no chill about that kind of shit because here's the thing. Just tell me what's going on. Right? Just, just if, if you didn't do the thing, that's fine. Do the thing um, so that I can tell my customer they didn't do the thing.
0: Yeah, I, I was talking to um, Damien Ryan. That'll be, for those of you listening at home, you've already heard that interview. Dino hasn't because I only just recorded it four days ago. And so it, it, it isn't going to be out for like weeks um yeah but he was describing a situation where uh, a project manager or or product manager or something like that is constantly telling like the team or not the team but like the higher-ups it's great we're fine we're on track it's uh you know everything is fine and it's not and then when you know we're we're time to actually release then it's like, oh, no, we've got like three weeks left of work on this and everything's behind. And uh, he calls that a watermelon project. <laughs> I know, right? Green on the outside, red on the inside. And and the shipping company, it sounds like the shipper, the people that you're talking to are trying to give you a watermelon.
2: Well, it, the, the the steamship line is usually pretty good about, you know, keeping me updated because they have to answer to more than just this asshole. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't so know. So, like, you mean. at at the end of the day, y- you say what you will, but the steamship lines are actually usually pretty good. I, okay, sometimes I have issues with Evergreen because they don't like to give you too much information, so you have to go digging. Whatever. Yeah. Sometimes Hyundai Merchant Marine decides that they're gonna, you know, <laughs> transload <laughs> you at transload you at a stupid place, and like dumb shit happens. But ninety nine percent of the time, the steamship line is just trying to get the cargo moving. And give you as much information as they can. And right. if they don't, they give you the boat name, and I can go onto multiple websites and track where the goddamn boat is mm-hmm. through satellite because they provide that information. See, now that's that's
0: so, really cool because you know, fifty years ago, you wouldn't have had that ability. No, right? But
2: but but the thing is, it's like it keeps everybody accountable. It's mm-hmm. like it's real cute how you think that you're going to tell me some kind of shit about, you know, oh, this left, oh, this did whatever. And I'm like, this is headed to Dubai. We're in New York. What are we doing? Right. And they're like, oh, sorry, gave you the wrong number. And I'm like, so maybe don't give me the wrong number next time.
0: Yeah. No, because part of, I I guess part of this in, in all of that is, you have to keep these statuses because you have to keep them
2: accountable to you. Yeah, through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. That's my job. It, my job is when the customers call. And here's the thing: my customer is not individuals. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're giant multinational corporations that you know order to the tune of like a hundred thousand pounds of rice in the course of three months. So like they're not going to be too impressed if, you know, I feed them lies. They, they need to know the actual information because you're talking about people for whom um, supply chain is really important. If you don't have the product on hand, you're fucking over hundreds of people at a time.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's reasons why um, until... Uh, I think it was the Cuban Revolution. Um, yeah. Hershey's owned everything from the the cocoa farm to the um you know the sugar cane fields the whole their whole, they own their whole supply chain
2: for making I mean, chocolate it sounds yeah. like that 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 Ford guy where he tried to do Ford Fordopolis or whatever in goddamn South America and right that went, right how it went
0: yeah but i mean on the other hand <laughs> general motors uh you know for for a large portion of it general motors had had slimmed that down so at least All they were dealing with was raw materials and everything else was manufactured either by General Motors or a subsidiary of General Motors. So they owned, I don't think they owned like the steel mills or the the iron mines, but just in order for them to be able to hold themselves accountable and to make sure they got things delivered on time, they would own as much of the chain as they possibly could.
2: Which makes sense. Right. But that's hard to do.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and, and it gets harder because there's there's there are things, there's reasons we have antitrust laws because if I own the entire supply chain, say, to make my widget, I can't get, there, no one can compete on the widget because maybe they can't
2: get the supplies, right? That said, like, mm-hmm. can you imagine how expensive it would be if I had to own the farms and I had to own, you know, the fucking manufacturing company and I had to own all this shit? Like, it would be obscenely expensive. There's no oh, yeah. way in hell that i could get that capital together because here's the other thing is like in india farmers are not large scale no to the extent that they are in the u.s i'm not trying to like paint this rosy picture of like everybody in india is perfect and you know like they're doing you know small farm no no no, no. that's not what i'm getting at right it's that in the u.s we've perfected mass farming you know what i mean and, and not that, and I'm I'm going to
0: put this out there for the listeners, uh, not that that is always the best or or most efficient way to farm, but it is certainly the least expensive.
2: And, it, it, and mm-hmm. it's what we have. And right. It's, it, I'm a vegan, right? So right. Like, I'm not a fan of the factory farming. I'm not a fan of most of the large-scale farming to begin with because, like, it means that they're taking shortcuts that I'm not a huge fan of. But at the end of the day... I don't have to go into spending something to the tune of, like, 30%, 40% of my budget on food. Right, right, right. And and I'm really privileged to have access to food cheap enough um, and accessible enough. And, like, most of my food is, like, veggies and, you know, beans and grains mm-hmm. and shit like that. It's not like, um, you know, the, the veggie burgers or the veggie dogs or, like, the weird fake right, right. meats. Right. And they are, are
0: weird, are, yeah.
2: Yeah, and they are weird. And, like, and they and weird. I shouldn't be calling them fake meats because they're not trying to be meat; they're just. They're meat. No, some of
0: them some of them are trying to replace meat to the point, and and we got into this, I'm sure, drunkenly on Kevin and Ursley, cheap on more than yeah. one occasion. That if if you're trying to be a, a meat, don't try to be a meat replacement and say you're a meat yeah. replacement because you you <laughs> will fail miserably.
2: No, just be your own thing. Say, yeah. So, like, I make this um, macaroni and cheese, like in quotes. I don't call it a macaroni and cheese. I call it like um, a macaroni in a miso cashew gravy. Like it's – oh, sorry. A miso <laughs> cashew sauce. Cashew right, miso right. sauce. Whatever the Christ it's called. Because it's not going to taste like macaroni and cheese. And it's sure as fuck not going to have that same texture. And it's not going to have the stringiness. Right. And and that's fine. I, But I'm not trying to make it that. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like yeah. that's not where I'm headed. I'm headed towards. I want something creamy and comforting and like squishy and you know. And it's none of these words sound great. But, it, but no, no, no. But yeah, I, it, I understand. I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we like are. I'm not trying to make it cheese. It's 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 not going to be cheese. And quite frankly, I don't want it to be cheese because I don't like that fucking stringiness. I want <laughs> I want it to be. Like stodgy, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no.
0: I understand. See, I, I like the, I like the, the, uh, having imprinted on Kraft macaroni and cheese at a very yeah. young age. That is the thing that I think of when I think of, of mac and cheese. And so there's a very specific texture and a very specific uh, 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 consistency of the sauce and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. And and so like at the end of the day, you know, my mac and cheese. Damn it! I used the word. And anyway, you know where I'm going. <laughs> I know what you're going. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's a uh, coconut cream and uh, cashews and miso paste and um, garlic and onion and uh, what's the other one? Tahini and uh, just like a little bit of paprika and turmeric to give it a little bit of color. And you make a bechamel with the you know super fatted uh, coconut cream because you take the coconut cream and right. you grind cashews into an absolute you know.
0: Somewhere, somewhere, someone is is now on the other end of this jotting this down. Can you provide a link to the recipe because now I want to try it. It's you know. Well,
2: no, this is like a Franken recipe that I made up. So it's basically, um, so you know how to make a basic bechamel, right?
0: Uh, I am I am very bad with the classical sauces.
2: Okay, so it's it's basically like something to the tune of like three tablespoons of flour to about like. Two and a half to three tablespoons of coconut oil, and you whisk it in a pot until it's like smelling nutty. You don't want it to get too brown, right? Right. You don't want to burn it.
0: You just want to toast it, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You don't want to get like a brick roux. You want like a very light blonde roux, Mm -hmm. Um, and then you tip in a tin of coconut milk, Mm -hmm. and that's gonna thicken it up. And it's gonna be too thick, right? Right. So then you wash out the can of coconut milk, and uh, with You know one can worth of water and you whisk that in right right now it's gonna be too thin which is what you want
0: okay yeah
2: because you you can can cook
0: down from there if you want to pardon you can you can cook down from there if you want to
2: no because we're gonna make it fattier okay Uh, so then you take about like a half a cup to three quarters of a cup of cashews i use a cup but you know, they're yeah. not telling you how to live your life. Um, <laughs> you throw <laughs> that into your blender and you fucking blitz that until it is absolutely smooth.
0: Okay, so smooth cashew butter, basically.
2: Basically, along with the uh, with the bechamel that you just made. Okay. The, the two runny bechamel that you just made.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And then you get another pot and throw in some uh, garlic. I like maybe like five or six cloves of garlic, give or take healthy garlic okay yeah yeah yeah. it's lovely um and you cook it over medium low heat and you add about a half teaspoon of turmeric and like um maybe about like a half teaspoon of paprika okay smoked paprika if you want to get fancy it tastes good but you know I like the regular sweet paprika; it's fine. Um, <laughs> then you take that and scrape that back into the blender along with like a tablespoon of miso, a tablespoon of uh, tahini, and like a half tablespoon of mustard, and give it a good blitz, and everything just comes together. Uh, and then just uh, mix it with your boiled macaroni, and life is good. Your pasta of choice, yeah, 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 and yeah. I, I and I like elbow macaroni, but but like. That's not gonna be macaroni and cheese. No, no. It's gonna be fattier. It's gonna be richer. It's gonna be creamier. Like, it's its own thing.
0: And it's gonna have it's gonna have this whole series of notes and yep. and that aren't gonna be present in Kraft's box powdered cheese Correct. substitute. Yeah. Nor
2: would it be in a macaroni and cheese that you make with sharp cheddar or right. with um, like a good you know like a Velveeta or something like that. Like. It's all going to be different, but it doesn't make it any less valid unless you start calling it this. You know what I mean?
0: I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean.
2: And and I understand the vegans who are like, we don't want a separate label, like that whole gay marriage thing where it's like, (laughs) why do they have to call it marriage? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's not that thing because you want it to be special. You want it to be unique. And, so let it be special.
0: Yep, and there's a there's a there's an expectation that comes with calling something mac macaroni and cheese. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, and, and we I are, do not want someone to expect macaroni and cheese when I make this thing. I want you to expect cashew and miso. <laughs> and
0: we are so far from keeping organized, but that that yes. was like, this is <laughs> this is the content people come for. I think.
2: Well, like, come I've come for organization
0: talk. and get a recipe while you're at it.
2: <laughs> and like I said, like. Mm-hmm. macaroni and cheese can only give you so much fat. Like this one can really up the calories. Like I, I, cashews are not a fucking joke.
0: No, no. I'm I'm and I'm not a big cashew fan, I'm much more uh
2: almonds myself, but I don't it wouldn't it would give the same flavor. If you thought out almonds, use the um uh uh blanched de skinned almonds oh, yeah. and toast them for about like four minutes. You don't want them to get any color, you just want them to get roasty and like good smell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will work just fine. I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> so through all that,
0: <laughs> yes, and and we know that. Okay, so so do you have do you have a, a
2: collection of recipes somewhere as well, or is this just off the top I'll of your head? I have a book. Okay, um, there you go. But it's not it's not really like um, these kinds of recipes. It's mostly like South Indian inspired vegan food. <laughs> because when I start, when I went vegan, most of the vegan cookbooks were very much about like, go get this, you know, veggie meat and mm-hmm. do something to it. And I'm like, I could just use a regular cookbook and do the same thing. Like, I don't right. need you to tell me to put, you know, veggie burgers in a goddamn chili. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah.
0: And and oh look, uh, you're you're you're. This is basically the same recipe I would have used, except you've subbed out uh, right. seitan for chili.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Or like, or for chicken. Uh, yeah. this is the same recipe I would have used to make biscuits, but you've subbed out the vegan butter for the uh, the, the non-vegan butter. Like, right. I don't need you to tell me how to do that. I can do that on my own. Like, this right. is not, you know what I mean? Like, it, I want to, and, and my philosophy of cooking is very much like, let me give you the bones of how to make a recipe, and you figure out what you want to do with that. Which
0: is, frankly, it scares Ursula, because uh, I'll start with a recipe the first time, maybe the second time, third time, I start to improvise, and that makes her nervous sometimes. So, Well,
2: so what I've done to make it easier is um, basically say, like, here's the baseline recipe. Um, mm-hmm. Here's where you can make substitutions easily. Uh, if you don't have this, use that. If you don't like this, use that, whatever. And then at the... Uh, like in the footnotes I'll say here's the variations you can add this you can add that you know what I mean Right, Where it's right, like right. I have a baseline soup recipe where it's like fenugreek seeds and um, like uh, root vegetables of various kinds. Hold on. Uh, she's leaning in. Hold on. Yes?
1: I would be much less nervous if you didn't go, oh, I know how to make this and then start improvising on a recipe you haven't made in ten years.
0: Okay, she's got me on that one. Did you, did you did catch you, that? Fair enough. Yeah, fair yeah, enough, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So,
2: okay. But the <laughs> thing is, I'm telling you how to improvise.
0: Right. Right.
2: I'm like, here's the things that are non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Do it this way, like to get the baseline. And then if you want to add this shit, go for it. Which is is an interesting okay, so now I'm gonna drag us all the way back. Yeah. Which is absolutely
0: something you do not do at work. What? Uh improvise things.
2: No. 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 Oh my god. Oh no. No, 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 no. It has to So here's the thing with with work is that like Everything has to be done just so, or something's getting fucked up and it's going to cost us thousands. Right. I, we can't afford it. Right. But after, but when you're
0: at home, even though the the, the house is immaculate, you yes. you you are leaving in room to uh, at least improvise. Not just with the cooking, but uh, you know you you might have a, a hard schedule that you're going to spend time with this person, yeah. but you're not. Planning in advance. This is this is what we're doing hour by hour,
2: right, right? Because the thing is, is that I'm. I grew up in a family of uh, four children and two, well, one adult and a husband. Um, right. Okay.
0: So <laughs> I'm still married. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna say something, and you please please tell me if this this is um, uh, in, in any way offensive. But so you're describing basically almost a traditional Indian household.
2: Yeah, literally okay. a tra- traditional Indian household, because they're also Orthodox Hindu, which is oh, well, yeah. not a thing, was a th- I did not realize was a thing until <laughs> I looked at the rest of the world and was like, oh, fuck, they're Orthodox Hindu. Oh, yeah. What mm-hmm. the fuck? <laughs> so, like, the Prime Minister of India is in love with Trump, to give you an idea.
0: Oh, yeah, okay, I gotcha.
2: I gotcha, yeah. And a lot of Hindus support the Prime Minister of India to give you another idea, I I understand that socially it can be a very conservative country. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So you were not offensive saying that. Okay. This is a typical Indian household. Yeah. Uh, Mom was a homemaker. Dad was Mm -hmm. various jobs, as you do. Yeah. And and I love my dad and I love my mom. And, you know, it is what it is. But, like, at the end of the day, they did their best. Mm -hmm. And sometimes their best wasn't enough. I know, I know, as a parent
0: myself, this is, I, I understand both sides of it as, as a child, and as, as someone who has parents, and as someone who is a parent, I understand both sides of it and the trade offs you have to make. You, you, every, you're doing the best you can, yeah. and sometimes that's not enough, and sometimes it's too much.
2: And, and they've modeled very good behavior with regards to that By mm-hmm. basically Anytime one of us kids have come up to them And said like um, XYZ was fucked up um, They were like I'm sorry that You know That you felt Fucked up by this mm-hmm. um, I, I was trying my best um, And what can I do To make it right for you
0: Right, and well, I I suspect that will that will deal with questions six and seven when we get there, oh, since I think we're still on question number two. Oh, <laughs> sorry.
2: I know it's okay. I tend it's to good. ramble. Cut me off whenever. <laughs> it's, it's it's fine.
0: It's fine. So so I think we've got a pretty clear idea that you have to keep yourself at work. Everything has to be just down. Has to be tracked very very obsessively and. You have to keep your suppliers and all the contractors and everything involved in the supply chain accountable because otherwise someone is losing money somewhere.
2: Uh, And it's always me.
0: And it's always you. Yeah. It's it's okay (laughs) if the shipping company loses money. It's not okay if you lose money.
2: Because the profit margins are so narrow. And so like I did... Okay, so with my previous freight forwarders um, I would have to go chase them for arrival notices. And The entry for the FDA doesn't happen until the arrival notice shows up because the FDA needs to know where the product is landing. So in Mm -hmm. case they need to go pull samples, they need to know where it's going to be exactly. Uh, So until I get that arrival notice, uh, the FDA entry doesn't get filed. Supposing the FDA entry gets filed the day that the shipment lands. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now they're going to take like three or four days to approve it. So ideally, what happens is that I get the arrival notice 7 to 10 days before the ship lands. Right. And then the FDA entry gets filed at that point. And then the FDA gets enough notice that they have time to review the documents.
0: Right. And then if they decide they need to do uh, a more in-depth uh, inspe- inspection, mm-hmm. yeah, they've got, there's there's
2: a lot of, there's some there's some wiggle room in there. Yep. Yep. And, and, and once they review the documents and they see what it is and they're like, everything looks legit and we're fine, they, 90% of the time they're like, okay, this is fine. As long as the USDA and the um, Customs and Border Patrol clears it, mm-hmm. we're good. Uh, sometimes they'll randomly uh, pull containers for um, detention um, just, just to check, just to keep everyone right, on. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's getting examined by customs, it's getting examined by USDA, it's getting examined by like everybody and their mother. So it's not that they have to do this every time, but they do it randomly just to keep everyone on their toes. Right. But if you don't follow your shit on time, they don't have the staff to make it happen at the last minute.
0: Uh, which is which is true of everybody in this in in that particular yep. um sequence of events because the if the USDA doesn't have the paperwork the USDA has to have people done, they don't have people just sitting there twiddling their thumbs going, no. when's the next shipment coming no, they, these guys already have their schedules about who they're inspecting on a day-to-day basis. And,
2: and neither does mm-hmm. your trucking company, like you're not going to be able to move shit on the same day that it lands it's, right? unless you've booked that appointment like a week in advance to, you know, like when the arrival notice shows up Mm -hmm. It's not getting moved, and if it doesn't get moved to the exam site, well, you know what? Go fuck yourself.
0: Right. Right. So, at work, basically, you are managing minute details. uh, I'm not going to say down to the minute, but it's probably close sometimes. Pretty uh, much. Of of this entire process. Yes. Yeah. At home, um, you've got, since there's a lot more under your control, or you're able to put, you're also able to expand and and do fun things or improvise or you know if it's not a a night you want to stay in but you've sort of scheduled me time you can go down to the bar or whatever
2: yeah yeah exactly and 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 the other part of it is that because people know that I cook very well I tend to be a very popular dinner guest at that. <laughs> people's gatherings right Right. so like and they'll book that shit six months in advance because they're like if you're not there the food is not going to be good so what (laughs) i'll do is that i'll show up at my friend's house and help them cook okay there you go and uh, they'll be like okay what do we need for this thing to happen and the only reason i know how to do that is because i've taught cooking classes for so long right and that's its own set of organization nightmares, um, because you're dealing with people who don't cook, right? Or, or who don't? Who don't?
0: There's a big difference between a home cook and a professional cook.
2: Well, but I was a home cook before I wrote the book. Right. I wrote the book as a home cook. I got the job as a professional cook based on the home cooking book. Oh well, there you go then. So like. I've always had that sort of retentive attention to the process. Like it needs to go this way so that we're not all fucked up. Like my point of pride is that everything is done at the same time.
0: Right. Oh yeah. No, no, no. That's, and, and like every time until you've, until you've actually practiced that and, and it is impossible to, to, to do right. And, um, uh, I I do remember one time Ursula was like, "I will cook dinner." You're obviously very stressed, and everything was happening at once towards that moment when everything was done. But it, she, it wasn't a, a timing thing that she was used to having to work with, and mm-hmm. so it was insanely stressful. Uh, it almost you know so watch no for her to do oh right for me yeah it was very stressful to watch because um she uh towards the end there she was almost in tears because you know like the beans might burn and this and that and and just everything's going off and that's not the kind of environment she thrives in right right and uh, whereas me i've been you know i've been cooking for Uh, at least at home and you know Boy Scouts and things like that I've been cooking for what like 30 years now Um, right so for me it's like oh yeah everything is is coming done and here's exactly where I need to be in order to do A, B and C and I'm just used to it and so there's there's definitely a different mindset about that but the first couple times man it will drive
2: you up a wall well so this happened when I was having the testers test out the recipes in the book Mm mm-hmm uh, people were getting really irritated that a recipe that I said should take about an hour was taking, like, three to six. Oh. Because they were like, okay, so I did all the in- uh, ingredients in a row, mm-hmm. and I sorted everything out from the start to the finish. Right. And this took such a fucking long time. <laughs> And I realized that not everybody knows how to manage their kitchen time. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. And that um, uh, one of the things I like about uh, the more recent cookbooks I've get, I've been getting is they'll say like, yeah, it takes an hour to prep and then another hour to cook, right? Well, they, so they're trying to
2: include prep time in that. They didn't realize that you're allowed to do things while stuff is sitting on the stove. Oh, so, so what thought, I had to do, yeah, was explain my process from start to finish. This was, here's the thing, I didn't want to write this fucking cookbook. <laughs> it's a lot of work, right? No, no, no. I, I get that. Yeah, I hate, I hate that process. Like, okay, so what? See, what happened was I was part of this vegan forum, right? Right. I had just gone vegan, and um, there was an IRC channel tells you how old i am yeah no i'm okay i'm there with you it's okay so in the irc channel people would step in and say um i've got xyz to you know make dinner with um what do you recommend and i'd be like okay do you have this spice do you have garlic do you have onion do you have potato what do you have on hand that can supplement whatever xyz you decided to cook tonight right and they would say, "I have this. I don't have that. I have, you know, X spice. I don't have that, but I have spice blends. Maybe that can do." And I would be like, "Okay, so take this, 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 and this, and make this, or take that, this, this, and this, and make that." It's, it's, so I would give them like four or five options um, yeah. as to what to make for dinner. So it's almost like uh, the
0: the call in. Uh, there, there's some of that happens with call-ins to um, uh, a Splendid Table on NPR. Or uh-huh. um, I want to say there was a TV show where chefs would show up at a house and they would cook dinner based on just yes. what was available in the pantries. Yes.
2: yes, and 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 the thing is, is like it was a very useful tool for that vegan community back there. This uh-huh. was back in 2005, um, where they could. You know, just give me a list of shit that they had and I would sort out like five or six meals for them. And then they would go cook it and then come back like 20, 30 minutes later and say like, oh, my God, it turned out great. Right. So the owner of the forum was like, I need you to write a book (laughs) because you really know what you're doing with regards to food mm-hmm. and i was like uh it's a lot of work and he was like okay so what's stopping you and i said i don't want to do it and he's like okay why like you need to work with me why 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 don't you want to do it and i said um organizing the recipes is a lot of work and he was mm-hmm. like okay and i was like i can't find a publisher and he was like i own a publishing company. Oh well, that that makes it a lot easier, right there. Yeah. So, <laughs> shut up. Uh, I and yeah. I was like, I don't. I also don't want to organize the testing. And he was like, Okay, that's fine. Um, and also, I don't want to convert from uh, British to American units. Right. Because I'm Indian, so I'm used to dealing in liters, and you know. With with well, yeah, yeah at, at the the proper measures, me- the metric system. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and kilograms, and the, so mm-hmm. like. I was like, I don't want to do that. And he was like, I have a proofreader who will do it. And I was like, okay, um, I don't want to do it. And he was like, shut up. <laughs> and write the and, book, yeah. And just just write the recipes. We'll sort everything else out. So he put out a announcement into the forums and was mm-hmm. like, listen, this little bitch is going to write a book. And we're need <laughs> you to step up. Because if y'all don't step up, it's not getting written. And it wasn't a funding issue. It was a labor issue. You right, know? right. And the next day, we had, like, something to the tune of, like, 30 people step up. Nice. No, not nice. Then I had to write it. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so which, I was able to yeah. turn, up like, five recipes a week.
3: It's not that which bad. Which
2: is you know, Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, the, the longest process was the editing. Oh, well, that's the longest process.
0: I, I live with an author. I understand editing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I was like, why can't you just do the edit and just do it? And I don't have to say no or anything. I'll accept everything. And <laughs> she was like, no. That isn't how happening. this works. Yeah. That's not how reality works. <laughs> we need to make sure that the edits make sense to the recipe. And multiple times throughout the process people were saying like okay i tried to follow your recipe but i got lost at this point or like i tried to follow your recipe but it took me six hours or like i tried to follow and basically taught me that you have to like detail everything oh
0: yeah oh yeah um, I and I'm I'm thankful for recipe books that are very detailed. I I gotta say, like Alton Brown's book gives you yeah. way more information than you need to. Than you need, yeah. But if you want it and you want to understand it thoroughly, it's there. Um, I the I have a cookbook that was my grandmother's. I inherited it when yeah. when she died. Um, from like 1946. This thing is a treasure of recipes. I don't think anyone would make anymore, but it's it. it uh, well there are a couple really good things in there but how
2: much of it is cooked till done
0: uh there's a lot of that or um <laughs> you know uh and any recipe she wrote down like her own recipe would like a pinch of salt or a, a sprinkling of this kind of thing and it's like uh okay so now i have to figure out pinch of salt based on how her fingers her fingers and you know i you know honestly she's been dead now for 16 years, so it's really yeah. hard to remember how, you know, the size of her fingers and what her pinch was like for, for cooking, because, you know, pinching for cooking is different
2: than pinching your cheeks. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's like the To Taste story. Yeah. <clears throat> My friend Tasha um, had uh, a recipe for pumpkin pie, and she wanted to veganize it, so she found the sweetened condensed milk uh, made from coconut, right? Right. And Apparently, her grandma made it from uh, the recipe on the back of the carnation bottle or whatever. Yep. It's carnation sweet milk, I think. Yeah, it, it, it tins of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she called her dad, um, who's the sweetest man you ever met. Like, this old, South, uh, like, Jersey Italian guy. Okay, yeah, I know and the kind, yeah. Such a sweetheart, like... Wants to cook for everyone because he that's how he shows his love, which is why I connected with him. Anyway, <laughs> so she called him, and he's, like, face-first into dementia and in a nursing home and all this shit. So she's like, okay, what was Grandma's recipe for the pumpkin pie? And he was like, it was pumpkin and, like, the sweetened condensed milk and uh, spices. And she was like, which spices? And he was like, it was to taste. I was like, oh... Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But which spices do we use to taste? And he was like, "It was to taste." And she was like, "Okay." I remember that she used mace, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." She used mace, and she was like, "How much mace to taste?" To taste. Yeah. Till taste. This was the entirety of the rest of the <laughs> conversation,
0: and nutmeg. Was there like, nutmeg? Yeah, there
2: was nutmeg. How yeah, much to taste? To <laughs> taste. And she had to like. <laughs> Wrangle this recipe from him, and it was adorable because on the one hand, I I know where he's coming from, right? Because if you ask me what I put in that thing, I'm gonna tell you, oh I don't fucking no! Like right. I put food in there. Like <laughs> it tastes nice. No, but like for that cookbook, I had to be very like precise. Precise. About, mm-hmm. There was a moment where people were complaining about the spices burning because they were over toasting they were over yeah so in south indian cooking you do what's called popping spices and fat yes i'm familiar yeah yeah so you use the fat of your choice and you put in mustard seeds or or cumin seeds or like any combination thereof and they're supposed to pop Mm -hmm. and people were saying like every time i go through this process it always burns and i was like I don't know why these people are being so hateful. Like, I've -hmm. explained this down to a fairly well, and I told you it's going to be quick. Like, what's the problem? Until my friend uh, Dana was watching me cook in her kitchen because she was the one who was doing the um, compiling of the recipes and a lot of the editing. Uh, And she was like, Dino, every time you put the seeds into the pan, you lift the pan off the stove. Oh. Right. And I didn't realize that I did that because I watched my mother do it and that was not an instruction that you passed out.
0: No, it was just it was, it was a part of the process that you learned as you did it. Cause,
2: exactly. Yeah. And so I was like, wait, what are you fucking talking about? And she was like, every time you pop spices, even if it's a wok or whatever, you mm-hmm. lift the pan off and swirl it around and kind of tilt it and let it expose to the heat. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh... Oh, I'm fucked up then. Okay.
0: because because if you just set it down and you leave it on the heat when you put them in there, of course it's going to overheat. They're going to burn. It's going gonna... to burn. Yeah,
2: because I'm used to the gas flames, um, mm-hmm. you know, on a gas stove, and you have to do those little things to like kind of adjust the temperature. Oh yeah, like you put it off the fire, and, and like many people are using electric stoves, and using an electric stove, I do the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Because that's so, it's just muscle memory at that point.
2: Exactly, and I've done it so long and. Mm-hmm. It went from uh, Dino, can you wash these vegetables? To Dino, can you chop these vegetables? To Dino, can you make dinner so quickly between the ages of like seven and twelve right. that there was no trend. Like it's not like you're going to cooking school and someone's telling you yeah. exactly what you're learning so that you can pass it along. You know what that's, I mean? That's
0: how I learned to cook. I mean, you know, but uh, and but and part of it was you know. Um... Part of mine was uh, over campfires with the Boy Scouts, and it wasn't necessarily, here's the recipe, but it was it was a very oral tradition in that, you know, here's what we're putting together, here are the things you need for it, and maybe I would, you know, we'd write down for the shopping list before we'd go into the woods, but the process and things like that, there was nothing really formal, we'd just do it.
2: Well, right. like, how did that process look? Because I'm really curious about that. Because I, I've never been in Boy Scouts because I don't go outside. Right. Um. And and it was
0: it was. Um. So, wow. We were kind of off track, but whatever. Um. I'm really enjoying the conversation. I hope everybody at home is too. Um, <laughs> but the 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 whole the the process is is um. So the purpose of the way you do it is because what you're developing is you're developing leadership skills, right? Okay. So the older boys who've been there longer, right, who are going to be in the, the positions of seniority, who are going to be, you know, patrol leaders like or whatever. the Eagle Scouts and shit. Well, the Eagle, Eagle uh, there's, so the Eagle Scouts, that's ranked that you earn individually, but you, like, elect someone to be the patrol leader who's going to be, like, you know, make sure the dishes get washed and dinner happens and things like that. But they're also responsible for, like, helping teach the, the new kids or the younger the younger boys in the group how to do these things like how to effectively wash that cast iron skillet how to make uh, pancakes right okay. so so it's very it's very hands on and I'm not gonna say necessarily mentory, but there's it is sort of a um, a much more organic method than I've got an instruction book and here's the instruction book we're gonna go through right um, we might have like I'm sure we had books of just recipes um, that we used, but it was all still sort of that oral tradition. You take the patty, or you take the slice of onion and you put it on the aluminum foil, and then on top of that you put the potato, and then you put the the meat patty on top of that, and then you add another potato and another set of onions. Then you close up the package and you put it on the flame.
2: Right? So so there's like a a certain process that you go through to make these things happen, but it's not codified. Right, and it, that's the
0: same way you learn to cook from your mother, right? Yeah. Or you, you, uh, so many things in our lives are done that way. Like driving, uh, is a little different from that, but still, anyone who's old enough to not have had driver's ed, but went and learned dirt to drive from their parents before going to take you know the test or whatever, um, and that's going to be an older crowd because I went through driver's ed in high school because you know whatever. Um, Kevin, <coughs> I'm thirty six. I don't drive. Yeah, I was going to say I'm, I'm. I'm nearly 48, and
2: I've been driving since I was 16. But I live in a different area, right? The reason that I don't drive, I grew up in South Florida. Oh, well. (laughs) My father, God bless his soul, tried to teach me how to drive. (laughs) We went to the parking lot of my high school. Like you do. Yep. Yeah, as you do. Yeah. And he had his car, and he was like, okay, get in the driver's seat. And I was like, all right, that's fine. And then... He showed me how to start the ignition, and i watched him do it multiple times, so I knew how to do that part. Right, right. Um, and then he had me disengage the parking brake, and then he asked me to uh, take my foot off the brake and engage with the gas. Right, right. right. So I took my foot off the brake, uh, and the car started moving. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, that's at like two, maybe three miles an hour.
0: That's what that's what happens in an automatic. Yeah, yeah.
2: If that. Yeah. And then I flipped my shit i was like <laughs> the car is moving what is going on i what why is it and then my dad was like so press on the gas so that it goes faster and i was like <laughs> the car is already moving too fast why are we doing this i hate everything i'm not doing this ever again right. so like i slammed down on the brake and i engaged the parking brake and i turned off the ignition and then i stormed out of the car and i was like i'm never doing this again <laughs> i'm walking home and he was like "It's it's it's fine you'll be fine like we can do this and like my dad was such a patient man and i'm so (laughs) extra and i was like nope never doing it again so from that day forward never did it again
0: yeah and and see if i wanted to do anything growing up that didn't involve basically coming straight home from school and never leaving the house um i had to learn to drive because at some point all my friends who could drive had graduated high school and if I wanted to get dates if I wanted to go you know if I wanted to go out to in my case Rocky Horror every Friday night right yeah I would I would have to I would have to
2: drive I would have to park here's the difference between us Kevin yeah my attitude was if you want me there you'll come pick my ass up
0: right and I'm I was going to say I'm probably I was a little more independent is I want to be there and so I will figure out a way to get there and sometimes, yeah.
2: And you know. my figuring out a way to get there is yo ass will pick me up.
0: Yeah, and in my case, it was <laughs> I will drive myself, and if that means you know, and then maybe I take a friend with me. Maybe now I can date that girl who wouldn't right. who 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 isn't who doesn't have a car or you know something like that. So um,
2: yes, yes, I was that mm, friend. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's drag it all the way back because sure. we've we've gone all over the place. And we talked a lot about this already. So, what systems and habits are valuable to you? And I've already got, you know, um, you know, scheduling, uh, downtime, um, cooking, uh, or, or, you yes. know, staying organized when you're cooking, and then at least at work, um, just being on top of things, you know, constantly.
2: So the whole inbox zero thing is alien to me because I've always done it. That's fair. Yeah. Um,
0: oh wait, wait, wait! hold on, hold on! Hold on back up. I was about for you to say is alien to me because I don't know how people do it, but you're like you've always done it. And I, I, I I, time. You are the first person who said I've always done that.
2: Yeah, that's been my mo since Mm -hmm. day one. Is like I okay. Here's the thing: when I come into work at you know nine a.m. or let's be honest, nine o five (laughs) a.m. If it's if it's a good day for the trains, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I run through my emails Mm -hmm. and. 90% 90% of the stuff I can answer right now. Okay. So I answer it right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? If I can't answer it right now, I mark it unread. Okay. I, I read it, but mm-hmm. I'll mark it unread. And right. I will do everything in my power to make that marked unread. Okay. So, okay, so supposing um, I get a request from the customer saying um, I need a spec sheet for XYZ Rice, right? Right. So I have the spec sheets already saved in very neatly labeled folders, uh, on, both in my computer and in my filing cabinet. Right.
0: So if they're like, can you fax that over to me because they're in the dark ages. And I will. Yeah, you can, so, quickly.
2: I, and I, I will not move on to the next email until I've done that thing. Because okay. it doesn't take that goddamn long to find the no. fucking sheep. No, and and I mean, that's what David Allen says. If you can do it in two minutes or less, just get it done. Even if it takes me 15 minutes, I'll... Right. I'm, I'm, I'm like a bulldog. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I, I want this to be dealt with right the fuck now. Right. I, I don't want to do this thing where it's like, oh, we're gonna... You know put this off or tell the customer you know i'll get back to you no i'm not gonna get back to you i'm gonna tell you right the fuck now what's going on right Right, right. because as a customer uh, you know from Mm -hmm. the people who lie i get so irritated when they don't just tell me like either i'm working on it or whatever Mm -hmm. or if they tell me they're working on it they lie they're not working on it they're just waiting for me to bug them again right So, if I want to have that same experience from a vendor, Mm -hmm. I want to give that same experience as a vendor. So, like, when someone is like, I need documents, I will deal with that immediately. So, like, I will not move on from that email until that thing is done. Right. Well, hey. I only get, like, two or 300 emails a day. So, it's not like, you know, you know what I mean? It's not like I have a ton of emails. Yeah, you're um, you're not like
0: me who has to who who actually has you know I I pay SaneBox um a nice annual fee to like pre-sort things for me.
2: Oh, I'm aggressive about unsubscribing. That's that's yeah. in my personal yeah. and my business.
0: Yeah, I mean a lot of it's stuff I want to know, but it's stuff that doesn't need to be in my inbox that I can read you know uh, in a folder that I can read once or twice a day versus no. it's no. popping up in my if face. If I yeah. need to
2: know, I'll look it up. That's it. Okay. You do not push information to me I will look for the information You know what I mean? Yeah, Where yeah, it's yeah. like This is why I will never subscribe to a newsletter Because it's like I'll get to it when I get to it Or if I need to get to it I'll get to it when I need to get to it Because right. I feel like a lot of these um, Newsletters have 90% garbage And maybe like 1% gem. I, I gotta say
0: the the only newsletter I think I'm currently subscribed to that is a hundred percent gem every single week, and it's weekly, and it is it is that is um, orbital operations by uh, uh,
2: Warren Ellis. Well, and also Kevin and Ursula the Cheap, and also the Alchemy. <laughs> Just saying. Just well, saying. yeah, <laughs> because. Here's the thing with with podcasts. I'm also very selective, but like, there's certain podcasts that I have on Notify where it's like, once that hits, I need to listen to it.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So, so <laughs> not so not doing uh, Hidden Almanac three times a week.
2: I uh, know that's. Oh. It's too scary.
0: It's it's five minutes five minutes an episode, so you know, um, I understand. I mean, you know, I we've produced over seven hundred of them. It's kind of scary to to you know. I I need to like do um do what Howard Taylor does with uh, Schlock Mercenary and and put in a this is a good place to jump in versus you have to go all the way to the beginning.
2: Exactly. Right. Yeah. But like with Productivity Alchemy and with Kevin Larisoli Cheap, it's like it's very easy to get into very quickly, mm-hmm. even if you haven't listened to the back episodes. And then once right. you hear it the first time, you get into the back episodes. So like th- these are the mm-hmm. things you just you subscribe to. But like with email newsletters, mm-hmm. I don't need that in my inbox. Gotcha. If I'm not that aggressive. I would have unread messages and to me that's not okay. That's 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 equivalent to not vacuuming your apartment. Yeah, exactly. I (laughs) need so like but my customers know that they don't need to call me, they can actually email me and Mm -hmm. I will get back to them within five to ten minutes. Right. And Mm -hmm. the other part of that is that my boss can text me and he knows that he's gonna get a response within one to two minutes right yeah because i take pride in organizing my uh material in such a way that i can always put my hand on it within a couple of seconds Mm -hmm. my biggest horror story is um when he was in thailand my boss and he was like um can you give me the phone number for that rice mill and i was like which rice mill because there's a lot of rice. we got a bunch yeah yeah and he was like they have the business card on my desk and i was like uh huh okay where on your desk? and he was like on this spot so i looked at that spot there were and i counted 300 some odd business cards in that pile
0: and and how many were were rice mills and how many were thailand
2: 20 yeah there you go yeah three of them were thailand but here's the thing i had none of them in my computer oh right So I had to sit here and, like, shuffle through 300-some-odd business cards to try to figure out which one he was looking for. But after I gave him the information, I was like, I'm going to organize these, like, right the fuck now because this is not acceptable. Not for him, but for me. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, he's got, but, he,
0: but that's the thing. He has a responsibility to, to enable you to do your job, and this is impacting right. you. But So in, in a way, you're managing up at that point, saying, yeah. I'm going to fix this to make it easier for both of us.
2: No, I'm just making it easier <laughs> for him. I could give two shits about myself. Here's the thing. My job right. is to see to it that any time he asks me a question, it mm-hmm. takes me between three and five seconds to answer it. Gotcha. So I need to set up my systems in such a way that everything is absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. So, like, when he asked me that business card situation, he waited for like an hour and a half for me to sort through this. Right. And to me, that's
0: not acceptable. That's no. Well, and I and that's understandable. I would be, you know, while I was sorting through them, I would probably would have also been on Amazon buying a business card scanner. Oh um, no, 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 no. And uh, and a filing box for them.
2: I fi- I, I got the <laughs> filing box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, no, the... I didn't do the scanner because I because a lot of the text in the foreign business cards is in foreign languages. Oh and right, won't yeah. Help me. OCR so, like, isn't isn't great at that. Yeah. Yeah. So like the Hindi and the Tamil I can mm. read myself, but the Thai I have to like Google Translate to figure out what the fuck is going on. Right. Um. But at the end of the day, it's not his job to make my job easy. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's your my job. job. Okay. To make him able to sell because when he interviewed me I was like here's the thing I will do anything that it takes to get this job done seriously I I wear many hats I, I worked customer service I worked uh, tech support I worked as uh, an importer for a sink manufacturer I worked as um, a fucking personal assistant to an artist and his wife was UN and I've worked for both of them I right. like I've done multiple jobs this is not I You'll never hear from me, that's not my job. But the second you ask me to do sales, I'm going to tap the fuck out. Right? I will never do sales. So my job is to see to it that him doing the sales Mm -hmm. is easily done. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and having done sales, uh, yeah, if somebody said, I need you to do sales um, at whatever my next gig is, I'd be like, yeah, that's great. Uh, I don't do sales anymore. No. Right. Never again. Never and, again.
2: And right. that's been my thing from day one. I will not do cold calls. I will not do sales. I will not sell the product to the customer. That's your job. Right. My job is to see to it that everything behind the scenes is perfect. Mm-hmm. And okay. so I transcribed all those business cards to an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, of course, of course I did because yeah. I live and die by Excel. You and and so what happened it. is that every time after that that he's called me and said, "Can I please have XYZ, He gets it within three to five seconds
0: because you can just look it up in the spreadsheet. Yeah. And when he comes home with a, a yeah, when he comes home with a, a new pile of business cards, you're immediately putting it? those in.
2: Yep. Like immediately, there there's no wait time because the thing is, is if I if I put it off, it's gonna be garbage, right? It's it's gonna get put off, and then and then what happens when he's in a rush and needs to get to a customer like right the fuck now? And I don't have the address. So you're you're not a procrastinator. I'm getting out of all of this. When I was in college, they would assign papers to be due in X amount of weeks and I would get it done that night and then spend the next three weeks revising and bothering the professor at her office hours to help me get it perfect. Alrighty then. (laughs) Like, that's... Because the thing is, is that the professor is... Okay, I'm paying $28,000 a year for tuition, right? Right. That's the college I went to. Um, This professor has said that she has office hours. Okay? And she holds court in her class. If I'm paying $28,000 a year for this fucking college, you're going to see my ugly face every single fucking day. Right. Right? right. And if you tell me, uh, oh, once you finish the draft, I'll help you revise it, just come to my office hours, guess what I'm going to fucking do? You're show up at their office hours. Yep. Yep. Every day until it's perfect and because yeah yeah it's i don't it's not that i have a sense of entitlement it's like you're giving me an in for success you're setting me up for success why would i not take advantage of that
0: plus uh, in a lot of ways you're, you're certainly getting your money's worth
2: at that point right yeah 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 So, like, the procrastinating thing for me, here's what I do to sort of psych myself up to not procrastinate. I artificially set the deadline. Yes. Okay. If I have X amount of hours to do a thing, I have to get it done in the next hour. Period. Okay. No, I mean, that that works for some people, yeah? For me, it works. It doesn't work for most. Right. Right. And, because and, that anxiety that I have about meeting that deadline, if I artificially set that deadline in my calendar, you remember about how if it's mm-hmm. not in the calendar, it doesn't exist? Yep. Yeah, if I put that appointment in my calendar, like, like I, this thing needs to be done by this time, um, then I will work towards getting it done by that time.
0: Uh, and that is, uh, that's admirable. It's not a system that's worked for me very well yep. with my own like personal stuff, but um you know when there's there's an external expectation like if 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 all's planned out and whatever and i've got a deadline that is uh not artificially imposed as it were, it may be artificially yeah. imposed but it's 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 not one. It's not a self-imposed deadline. I, I'm much more likely to get it done in that time period if I'm able to do so than if I set an arbitrary deadline myself because that's the one that I obviously, since I set that one, I have control over it and I can shift it if I need to because of other things coming into place.
2: Right? It's one of the few places where I don't budge is mm-hmm. those artificial deadlines because I used to do the thing where... I would set myself a deadline and I would postpone it if I could. The, mm-hmm. Down to the waking up ritual. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I would set an alarm for, uh, let's say I have to be at work by 9. That means that I need to be out the door by 8.30 because uh, with the subways and the walking and the whatever. It's, oh, yeah. it's going to take exactly 30 minutes door to door. I've timed it. I remember vividly, um, yes. So... And, and you know how New Yorkers will time things in minutes and not, like, half hours, you know? Right, and and the, the other thing is, of course, this all works under the theory
0: that there is nothing going on with the trains. So there will always yep. be that day where somebody gets sick in the morning or, yep. you know, a train has to be held at a station for 30 minutes and then it, you know, but...
2: Or some asshole jumps in front of the train, whatever. Yeah,
0: and, I mean, you know, <laughs> like, that only happened, I think once a quarter while I was, you know, commuting regularly from Queens to, to Manhattan. Um, but the the you know in in that environment you can walk in and and say and they're like you're late and you can go the trains and everyone's just like oh right okay and the person who's on like the same line or got caught in the same kerfuffle because you know it was one train blocking three lines at grand central or some shit like that um yep they're like you know they're like yeah there was a, a you know they're just like oh okay trains you know um because the other days you're either spot on time or, or you know right in the same range. It's it's exactly. always the exception days where you can yeah oh yeah, yeah. But
2: the thing is is that with the brain weasels what happens is that mm-hmm. um, back when I had a more flexible starting time with the artist because sometimes mm-hmm. he wouldn't even wake up until eleven. So if I didn't leave my house until like ten thirty, it was fine don't know anyone like that yeah (laughs) right um but i'm not in that job anymore so what i had to do Mm -hmm. because like sometimes when you wake up the brain is still going through whatever it's going through so it's like i don't want to shower i don't want to go brush my teeth i don't want to go you know have a snack or eat breakfast or whatever i just want to lie here and wallow in my whatever um so I had to set a time limit on it because it's like I'm not working for a job where mushy timelines are fine. Yeah. I have to get there. So like I had to do the thing where it's like I'll set one alarm and I'll put the snooze button on, period. And that snooze button, again, is life or death because at the end of the day, if I'm on time more times than I'm not, mm-hmm. nobody's going to get – Pissed off at me for showing up a few minutes late, right? On those days when I'm so down that I need that extra time, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: and and I have now, like um, if if I were still in last year's situation, last year my ex lived closer, and you know she would have a week with the kids, I would have a week with the kids, she'd have a week back and forth like that. Yeah, and so the weeks I didn't have the kids because I worked from home. If that squishy time. Took thirty minutes instead of five, whatever, because it was you know my commute. Unless there's a three cat pile up, um, is a you know like the five minutes it takes me to get downstairs, pour the coffee, and you know get to my desk. Um, but right. now, now that Jake is living here full time, and I am responsible for getting him to school on time every single day, uh, I've had to change that because if he's late like three times they punish him because i'm i'm not getting him there on time right right and so that that has had to change you know even uh over the holiday weekend uh we just had it was uh four days of no school basically even then on friday and monday my alarm was still going off at seven because i didn't want to get too far out of that yeah because it just hurts more on uh today right when when it's not a holiday and I have to get my ass out of bed at 7 so we can get so that we're moving and and started you know I'm I'm out the door at 7:45 with him right
2: but that's the thing is uh mm-hmm. you have to realize where your stopping points are where it's like these are non-negotiables mm mm-hmm. like it it would be great if we could all take the time that we need to have our mental health and you know wake up properly and function as humans but at the end of the day the light bill is not going to care if you know i'm sad
0: you know what i mean right and and the teachers don't care that uh you know i i'm having a bad mental health day and so yep. you're right and so jake's late and uh, no, we can't we we can't do that right
2: so um, those same artificial yeah. timers that I've put on, say for example, the 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 sleep the snooze button, mm-hmm. um, I'm allowed exactly two, and once that second one is done, I I force myself out of bed, and and so like I did the same thing with these like big looming deadlines where it was like, mm-hmm. if you don't book the shipment on time, everything's gonna go to shit. Right. Uh, case in point: Chinese New Year. Right. Oh, God. Yeah, you have to arrange all kinds
0: of crazy stuff Mm -hmm. around that. Yeah.
2: So in China, sometimes that's the only day off they get. Right. Period. Yeah. Yeah, So most companies will give them one week before Chinese New Year and then the one week for Chinese New Year and then the one week after to get home. Right. Right. Because not everybody can afford to fly. Sometimes they have to take a bus and it's going to take like four or five days to get home. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what happens is that if you're transloading a shipment from uh, India and you're transloading during Chinese New Year, your shipment is going to be stuck there for three weeks. Right. And you're fucked. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you have to build all of that into your into your schedule.
2: Yes. And, and the thing is, is that why not use another shipping line that goes through Korea or through Malaysia or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, it's mm-hmm. not that we don't have options. It's just that people are stupid and they lie. <laughs> yes. <So> <laughs> 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 like, like I can do whatever I can do. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I set those artificial time limits for myself is because like I, I treat it the same as waking up every morning and mm-hmm. getting out of bed and getting showered and getting to work. It's like if I don't do that, um, disaster is looming. You know? Right.
0: Yeah. And and for me, that's that's uh, you know akin to a um, uh, the computer boot up sequence, right? If I yeah. don't do things in the very specific order, my brain does not start up quite right, and I'm off for the rest of the day.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: And it's yeah, a yeah. disaster. Yeah, or it can be. Um, I've gotten very good at... at uh, because, you know, I'm in IT, so I'll, my big thing is fault tolerance. So I try to make it so at least there's some fault tolerance built into whatever whatever habit I'm doing in the day. So that even if even if it's a bad startup, like I woke up late and I didn't have time for the shower. But I still have to get the kids to school, come home and take the shower. And that, you know, I, I, I have... I have enough slack built into my system to allow myself to recover from that. Now, if I had to drive to a real office, um, like I did, oh God, it's been almost, uh, yeah, like eight years now since I've had to drive to a real office, then, yeah, different story, right? Different story entirely, because then, you know, if I woke up late and I didn't get a shower, well, then I better take a 35 second shower and I might not shave that day, but,
2: it is what it is at that point.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, no, believe me, I'm uh, trying to find the next thing that has 90 to 95% remote, like my last two gigs, like the
2: last eight years of my life, is really not easy. So, <laughs> Right, no, I, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And and yeah. it, this is where I'm getting at, where it's like, if, if I understand brain weasels, I right. understand mental health issues, I understand all of it, because I've been through it, and I'm still... Going through it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I finally got insurance, and so like I was able to go in for my annual health checkup, and the doctor was like, "Why are you not on the meds that you're supposed to be on?" And I was like, "Well, I didn't have health insurance for two years, so I don't know what to tell you." Yeah. Um. But oh, like, yeah. ideally, when I'm on, you know, the well of turn or whatever, I'll quit smoking. I'll quit, you know, the the self-destructive mental paths that mm-hmm. happen naturally as it were yeah. um, but even then, even with all that I still do my absolute best to keep to certain deadlines because the thing is, is that I don't want somebody else to feel like I dropped the ball when they were waiting for my answer you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand completely and there's I,
0: I'm having to retrain myself Around some of that because part of my structure, having the job, the last the last two jobs was that I had there was built in time like uh, the 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 joke in um in XKCD where all you have to say is that you're compiling and oh, rendering yeah rendering compiling whatever and you're doing and and you can do other things that aren't directly work related that's gone now so I have to be much more disciplined.
2: Oh no. Yeah that sounds awful.
0: Well, uh, but on the other hand, you know, it's, it's also kind of given me, um, uh, you know, it's, it's allowed me the reflection to be able to say, okay, um, what, what do I need to do differently in my personal routine? Because now it's completely broken. And do I want to go back to the same thing when I have my next gig? Or do I want to be trying something different now and start to get those habits ingrained?
2: Fair enough.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, no, being able to say, and this is this is the more technical, you know, I, I would run a job that would take, you know, five minutes to check all the servers and make changes, be like, yep, I'm going to start that, and it's going to give me an error report on the end, and that gives me time to kind of peek in on my personal email or maybe check Twitter, right? And when it's oh. done, I'll go back
2: to what I was doing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because yeah. you have that mushy time in between right. tasks right. that you can do that. The thing is, for me, is that when I'm at work, I cannot do that. Okay. I I have to be on the entire time because the thing is, is like it, ports are very fickle. <laughs> um, okay. What, it gets cleared when it gets cleared, and mm-hmm. the truckers are like, "Oh, you didn't book the appointment on time." Just that in the third, and it's like, listen. I, I did book the appointment, and here's the email where you confirmed it. So fucking go get your truck out there to collect this fucking cargo because right. I can't afford this.
0: Yeah, because 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 time is money here, literally.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. literally, and it's like one day can be hundreds of dollars for no reason, right? Because some idiot decided that they didn't have to get a confirmation. Right, right,
0: and that's and and. It, and yeah,
2: and so that that kind of gives me, I think,
0: a good idea as to systems and habits, um, and I hope the listeners are getting as much out of it as I am because I'm like I've got like notes scribbled here, and I don't know how many of them are going to be meaningful until I'm re-listening <laughs> to the interview, um, but uh, most of the notes are like things I'm going to have to link to anyway. Um, yeah. And I think the interesting thing about that is we also answered the next question, which is how do you decide what to do first? Well, that's pretty easy. You log on to your email and you just start processing.
2: Yep, you know? uh, first come, first serve.
0: Right, and, and it's, it's, this is not a, a position where necessarily someone sending you an urgent email that something needs to be done right now is going to be able could could have enough of an impact to interrupt things.
2: Oh no 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 no! If somebody needs to reach me right the fuck now, they text me. Right, because <clears throat> because of my line of work, um, things change on a dime. Mm-hmm. There's there's absolutely no time to, to 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 change things. You know what I mean? Like right. where if a container clears customs um, early in the morning then I need to call the customs broker and say, like, hi, uh, please guarantee charges through X, Y, Z. And then the trucker will say, um, I can pick it up tomorrow. And then I have to call the trucker and say, no, you told me that you can pick it up today. I booked the appointment with you, so goddamn pick it up today. And then the trucker will come back and say, "Uh, yeah, that's cute, but no. And then, so, like, there's this whole back and forth where Mm -hmm. it's like, I can't wait for an email to deal with this. I need to deal right. with phone calls at that point. Um, and the most important people in my life, who are the truckers and the rest of them, mm-hmm. um, have my personal cell phone because we can't fuck around with that because if it sits at the port one more day, right. I'm paying taxes, charges, I'm paying you know demerage, I'm paying mm-hmm. detention, I'm paying per diem, I'm paying... Out the ass for stuff that is not my fault, and
0: yeah, and so that that takes down when something is um, uh, a reactionary or an interrupt. Yeah, there is there is no no. I will wait and deal with this. It, it is it is literally an interrupt, and it needs to be dealt with yep. as quickly as possible. Immediately,
2: right? And then you can go back to the next thing in your email list. Yep, yep. And they still get a ten to fifteen minute response time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. And <laughs> you don't need to be impressed. Yes, it's just no. that like, I I don't have a very hard job. Right. It's 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 not difficult. Like I learned it um, over the span of a week. Okay. Because the job posting was basically, I need you to be organized, and I was like, oh, okay. I can do oh, that. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, when I had the interview, he was like, um, so how about your organization? And I told him, I was like, I need all the files to be named properly. And I need the folders to have labels that are easily readable from far away. Because Legible, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. But hmm. I came into the job. They had labels that were printed. Okay. Guess the size of the font. Guess. Just guess.
0: I'll go with uh, seven point. Yep. Oh,
2: shit. <laughs> At least it wasn't a four. four. Yeah. <laughs> that spans uh, a regular Malina folder. Oh. Why no. are we making a font this small when the folder is this large and the tab is this large? Yeah. What are we doing?
0: Yeah, 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 Someone, and, someone just took the default and said, "How many of these labels can we jam onto a thing?" All right, there yep. we go. Print.
2: And then, and then, and then, all the templates in QuickBooks mm-hmm. were the default templates. Oh no, no logo. Oh no, 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 no! You don't no, do that. No typeface matching to the emails that we send out. No typeface matching to anything else. It was all like fucking Arial. Oh, God all of it. bless them. <laughs> and it was all white Kevin it was all white (laughs) to to bring my southernism into it bless their hearts no I don't know fuck their hearts because here's we're an Indian company we don't do all white what what are we doing where's where is the color where's yeah no yeah thank you yeah So I fixed all that within the first three weeks of working there. So like what I'm saying is, is that this is not something that someone needs to spend a lot of time learning because if my dumbass can figure it out, anyone can figure it out (laughs) (laughs) because this was not my job before I was a bookkeeper,
0: which is a whole other set of organizational skills, but yeah, yeah.
2: Had a yeah. chef and uh yeah. tech support and mm-hmm. uh Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And, and so that actually easily brings us to the next question, which is you've had all of these experiences. We've already sort of touched on it. Um, what is the best advice or feedback you've been given? Honestly, it was from
2: your podcast. You're fucking with me. No, seriously. it was. <laughs> it was basically like failure is not an option, it's a given. It, it, mandatory. Yeah, no.
0: Um, uh, Maxim 70 from uh, yep. uh, Schlock Mercenary.
2: Yes. Yeah, no. Um, because before I started listening to your podcast, what happened is that I would try my best and I would do what I do. And sometimes I would drop the ball. Okay. You yeah. Know, and then I would go home and beat myself up about it. And... The brain weasels would say you're a piece of shit and you're absolute garbage and you fucked up and you're gonna lose your job and you're gonna be homeless. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know what? It, you know exactly. I I about. know them. Yeah, I know inside out and backwards. I know it all. Yeah. And yet, my boss is one of those people who's like, uh, "So you failed? Okay. So make it right. Okay. No, seriously." that was that has been his reaction every time it's been like dino come on it it's fine just just fix it yeah make it right do the thing and before and the funny thing is is that all this time with my parents I've had this relationship with them where it's like i like i said i'm human i fuck mm-hmm. up i am not perfect my my parents have always been very understanding of here's the thought process that went into this Mm -hmm. and here's where we dropped the ball so how can we make this right okay and that was literally what I did with my parents what every single time that they told me that they were disappointed in me
0: yeah that that may be better than how I did it often
2: Well, because Mm. with I'm a sensitive child. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it it doesn't take a lot to make me cry. Like, it doesn't take a lot to hurt me. Right. So, my mother realized that from a very young age, and she understood that yelling at me or, you know, screaming or hitting or whatever was not going to work because I would just shut down. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, her response to that was, okay, let's sit down and talk about what happened Mm -hmm. and where we went wrong and now that we have that let's figure out how to make it right so when I got married to my Mm -hmm. ex-husband we left the house in Florida and just moved to New York like pretty much overnight yeah and my mom was very hurt because she was like I could have helped you like I could have made this easier on you Mm -hmm. I could have had you stay with like really close family friends of ours um, for a couple of weeks while you found an apartment and you didn't have to go through all this pain of finding an apartment and spending all this money and whatever and she was like felt hurt that you didn't come to me in the first place and I was like I don't want to explain it to you because that sounds like making excuses i'm sorry that i hurt your feelings how can i make it right Mm -hmm. and at that time she was living with my sister in connecticut and she was like um i just want you to come up once or twice yeah come and visit come and visit uh, and hang out with me and you know like let's reaffirm these bonds that we've had since you were a kid and that you know like like mm-hmm. let's acknowledge the ties that we've bound since you were born right right and fair enough yeah but that's the thing with failure is that like it's going to happen and honestly my response as of the past 10 years or so because mm-hmm. you know how sometimes someone tells you something and it doesn't sink in until much much later
0: um i may be familiar with that yes
2: that's what happened when my mom gave me that talk about, mm-hmm. like, you hurt my feelings when you didn't come to me. It was like... So my response at that moment was, like, I'm so sorry that I did this. Uh, how can I make it right? And mm-hmm. she came back to me and she said, this is exactly how you do it. Is This is the right way to approach someone that you've hurt. Right. Like, she's always going to be my mother and she's always going to be my teacher. So she mm-hmm. basically took on that role again saying like yeah you're gonna hurt people you're going to fuck up and that's okay it's fine your job now is to figure out how to make it right how to make it right
0: yeah yeah We are back. I really hope you liked that first installment of Dino and all of the things that kind of go with it. Dino is so much fun to talk to. I really want to thank him again for being on the show. And this week's badge code, hey, we issue open badges. For those of you who have listened for a long time already know. And you can go to the website and enter the code Dino1, D-I-N-O, O-N-E And get this week's badge Oh yeah Giveaway there Next week's badge Is going to be Dino 2 I bet you can guess that Right out the gate Anyway <laughs> That's That's where Speaking the badges are
1: giveaways, Didn't yes. you do a drawing? We
0: have not done the drawing yet And I sh- we, should we should do the drawing We should do the drawing We should do the drawing Let me pull up the List of Let me go look Cause yeah I knew there was something Last week And I probably had it written down on my calendar and completely missed it do do Um, i
1: need to entertain the internet while you yeah
0: entertain the internet for a second while i go to uh
1: oh shit what did i just volunteer for um hi internet how you doing (laughs) i uh uh i am in the horrible hinterland of waiting to jump on a plane again um Uh. because of the thing the family thing uh so
0: that's terrible The waiting.
1: Oh, yeah, the waiting's the worst. Uh, And... But, you know, at least it's... It really can't be too much longer now. The hospice nurses say it won't be too much longer now. And uh, one thing that... um, Worth noting is that the nurses know way more than the doctors usually about... Time frames because the nurses are right there and are looking at the various physical signs. So, right, we're uh, anyway, so I'm waiting to jump on the plane because if I go out too early, then I am cooling my heels in a hotel and I am another source of stress for my mother because she's like, Oh god, you're spending money on a hotel! Oh god, I'm supposed to be entertaining you, and I'm like, It no
0: no really not
1: i'm here to help and at the moment i can pretty much be the most help by not making her deal with me so i'm just waiting and i'm like i i can come out whenever but families are exciting
0: families are very exciting this is very weird Um, i wonder if it's a mobile artifact it's showing me different episodes but the same comments for all of them so uh let me go uh, Try a different view. Keep going. Keep all going. right.
1: That um, was kind of a downer, wasn't it, Internet? It was. Let's let's see. Uh, do I know anything happier? Uh, I got a good fortune cookie the other day that told me I would win an award soon. Oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't won an award yet, but it was nice of the fortune cookie to think of me. Um, <laughs> it is... Uh, it is hickory farm season which is frankly one of my favorite seasons because bad summer sausage and bad smoked cheese is makes me just unbearably happy. I would if possible <laughs> live on sausage from now until the end of the year. I realize that this means I would never crap again, but it would be glorious, glorious.
0: PG13 uh, folks. Um, PG for 13.
1: Of Hickory smoked summer sausage. Uh, let's see um,
0: okay, I think I have everybody who who entered
1: yay
0: yay uh, just making sure
1: okay so I should keep talking to the internet Dan, you know I'm extremely clever when I have a prepared speech. You do aren't we all Wait you do isn't it was not grammatically. Oh, I had a book come out yesterday. You did have a book come out or yesterday. I guess it's the day before yesterday, for those of you listening on release day. Uh, it did very well out of the gate. I was very happy. Uh, good, solid sales. And uh, people are are speaking very kindly of it. Everyone seems to be enjoying it. If everyone anyone hates it, they haven't told me yet.
0: Yay. Okay, so... Unless I am reading this wrong, I have uh, three entries. Okay. So, I'm going to get out as soon as I remember that there's a cat on my thing. Um, there's a dice bag
1: hanging off my. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Hand me a. Yeah, just hand me a, it's 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 hooked to the to the All knob right. thing. There you
1: Why go. Why is there a dice bag hanging off my It the was microphone? there to
0: entertain you uh, until I found out where the cat had hid the uh, the fidget cube.
1: Oh, fidget cube. Yeah.
0: All right. So, I'm going to pull out 1d6. 1d6. And I have three names, so 1 to 2 is the first name, 3 to 4 is second, f- 5 to 6 is the third. The answer is 6. So, Aaron, Aaron, you are the proud winner of the Story Clock notebooks. If I haven't emailed you by the time this comes out, I will be emailing you shortly thereafter. Yes. And congratulations, and we'll figure it out. Um, Corb- yay! Corbel and Patricia, thank you for entering and yay! I'm so happy to give those away. Yes. So, that's it for this week. That's everything. Alright. The, well, the holidays are... the fir- us. The first holiday is passed and the rest are coming, so...
1: Barreling towards us like an 18-wheeler yes. of mm-hmm. holiday cheer.
0: Yes. Gird your loins and... and pr- Prepare as best you can, and remember, you can get through it. And uh, through all of that, remember, folks, stay productive.
1: Whatever productivity means in the days of holidays.
0: Yeah. Woo! Eh.